Many people ready for this, ready for this word that is on the way. There is a word that is in the house uh, this morning. There is a word that is in the house this morning. I'm very, very, very excited uh, about the, the man of God that is about to uh, bring forth the word. Uh, he, he and his wife, uh, Pastor Wyletta, have been uh, been in mine and Pastor Ashley's life for, man, I don't even, I don't even know at this point. It's been... It's been a little. It's been a little while. It's it's been it's been a little while. I'd say, gosh, I'd say ten years at least, at, at least ten years. But um, they they're very near and dear to our hearts. They served uh, as elders uh, at at Redemption. That that was our first um, first encounter. Uh, with with them when they they were serving as elders at redemption and, and we got to build relationship with them in the uh, early stages of our relationship and uh, when we got into the engagement stage and moving toward marriage they were there to uh, help instruct us give us wisdom uh, the, the do's and don'ts things we need to think about things we need to consider and I'm uh, very grateful because I built a very solid foundation that has lasted to this point was uh, going to last us to death do us part because when we said that we meant it and, and we're going to ride it out all, all the way and see, see what the Lord has planned but uh, God has uh, throughout uh, those, those 10 years the Lord has uh, gotten them to a point to where there is an expansion that is happening uh, in their life and in their ministry God is uh, opening massive doors and uh, ushering them into higher heights to where there's a greater demand that's being made uh, on them and being made on the gift uh, that, that they carry. They carry a tremendous gift uh, for uh, family ministry and marriage ministry, but uh, they also uh, possess a strong word to uh, help instruct us in the ways of the kingdom and in the ways of uh, what, what it is to live out uh, a, a fulfilled, thriving life uh, in in Christ and in the Lord, and very, very excited uh, about what is what is about to take place. So I need every Amen from way down in there. You know what I mean? Way down in the belly of your soul. I heard old folk, old folk used to say. So every everything that we got, you know, treat treat it like it's home. Because the word is the word. Remember, we're not infatuated with chefs. The man of God, Pastor Thomas Malone, I'm going to ask that you go ahead and join me on stage and let's stand up and celebrate the gift of God that is in Pastor Thomas Malone. Morning, family, morning. Give me a second while I kind of get myself together here. I'm still recuperating from that great meal last night. Some great fellowship with some great couples. See a lot of you guys here this morning, and uh, we're just honored to be here uh, as Pastor Jermaine was speaking. Uh, and Pastor Ashley are, are very special to us. Uh, we've been with them for quite some time and watched them grow and develop. And I just see a special gift and anointing, and they will walk me through uh, this wonderful campus that you guys have got. And uh, God is just so faithful. And 
those that are faithful to him, he will be faithful to them. All right? So don't think that this was an accident that you just kind of happened to stumble into this building, stumble into this property. But God has a plan. All right? God has already got this thing laid out. And as you guys continue to be obedient, then you're going to see more and more and more of the things of God. He's going to bring increase in every aspect of your life. Amen. Um, if you, like he mentioned, you look over here. This is my beautiful wife of 28 years. Uh, that time seems to have gone by really fast. I mean, I keep looking at the children to make sure, counting the kids. Like, how old are you? That's right. That's about right. It'll be 29 in May 1st, and uh, you know, in the blink of an eye, uh, it's just like um, we just got married yesterday. And uh, every day is just a blessing to be alone, the path with her, and taking every step. But today, um, I have the awesome privilege of sharing with you guys something that God's been pressing on my spirit for about a year now. And that is helping people to understand how to be led by the Spirit. How to hear from God. I believe that it is vital, crucial, that everyone knows that you don't need me. You don't need Pastor Jermaine or Pastor Ashley. You don't need T.D. Jakes or anybody else. You have the kingdom of God inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. He's our witness, our counselor, our guide and when you accept Christ into your life and he comes and dwells inside of you you have everything you need to hear from God and discern what's right what's wrong and to be able to go in the direction he's called you to go this is a very special season and I'm going to talk to you guys about that in just a minute but first I'm going to pray and then we're going to move forward because I got a lot of information to give to you guys I heard that you guys are used to being here for a long time <laughs> y'all ate breakfast and I'm <laughs> all right let's pray father god we just thank you for your faithfulness lord god i thank you for the hearts of the pastors that are here today lord god i lift up pastor jermaine and Ashley to you and i thank you for their heart i thank you for the things that they're doing in this house and in this community i thank you for the people in this house that are associated and fitted with them that have bought into the vision lord god i lift them all up to you and ask you bless them that you prosper them lord god lord god ask lord god that you take this moment that we have today lord god and that you touch their hearts that you open up their ears and help them to receive the word of God, that they may be able to walk into their blessings, walk into their season of promise, and we thank you for it right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, um, I'm a man of, well, I'm a man of order. I believe order and authority is very important. If you look at the centurion in the Bible, I was a soldier. I was in the army for 10 years. That's where I met my wife. She was also a soldier, too. And in the word, the centurion came up. He had a servant that was sick. Came up to Jesus and said, hey, I need your help. And Jesus said, well, I'll be with you in a minute. We can go into the house and take care of this. And the centurion said, nope, I'm a man under authority. If I tell this one to go, he goes. If I tell this one to stay, he stays. All you got to do is say the word. And I know it will take place. Jesus had to stop everything. He says, hey, just, everybody stop doing everything. Just stop. He says, nowhere in all of Israel have I seen great faith. Not small, but great faith. He equated the understanding of authority and being able to submit to authority. He equated that to great faith. 
That's very important to me because ordering the kingdom is important. God structures everything with order. And so when I received something from the Lord, I said, I, I want to make sure that I submit to the house and I submit this to the leadership, make sure they're okay with it. And they came back and said, oh yeah, that, I, I think that would be great. It resonates in my spirit. So I said, okay, let, I'll go ahead and share it. And listening to what you guys were doing today as far as the worship, listening to the vision of the house, and hearing the things that I'm hearing in this house, I think this is going to help in the context. This whole message lines up with where you are, I believe. And God is ready to put you on a path because you're really already there. As I'm listening, I'm sitting here like, wow, I don't even know if I need to teach this right here. But it should be confirmation of what God is doing in this house. Amen? Amen? All right, so let me read this so I won't mess it up. The Lord wanted me to share that there is a kingdom shift taking place. Many of you have been in a season of pruning. Things around you have been falling away. Close relationships have dried up. Doors of opportunity have suddenly closed. Aspects of your life that seemed so clear recently have become more and more cloudy and uncertain. You felt more isolated and cut off, but I'm here to encourage you. According to the word in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a, are ordered by God. That's mankind. That's male and female. There's no gender on that. Are ordered by God. He has allowed these things to happen in order for you to return to your first love. God is about to fix the broken things in your lives. He's bringing order to chaos and removing things and even people that have hindered your progress. He's now shifting you out of a season of pruning and into a season of purpose. Now, I don't know everyone in this room. I have some familiar faces and things of that nature. I hadn't necessarily been in contact. But when I walked into this atmosphere this morning, it was already set. Many times, you know, when I walk into a sanctuary or walk into a place, and I don't necessarily feel anything initially, but when I walked into this place, it's like the spirit was already here, resting because of you guys, seeking his face and doing the things that I believe God has called you to do to prepare for this season. I'm going to share some things today that's going to probably just give you some confirmation on some kingdom principles, some insights on how to truly hear from the Lord in this season of your life. And that's whether the people that I'm talking to on the camera, media streaming live, or whether in this house, God has been preparing you for such a time as this. He's placed you in certain positions. And this is your season of reaping. This is your time where he, all the things that he has promised you, all the things that you've been waiting for, that you've been expecting, it is your time to receive those things. But we must be spirit-led. We can't be mama-led, can't be daddy-led, can't be pastor-led, all right? Can't be reason-led, logic-led, intellect-led. We gotta be spirit-led, all right? Gotta be spirit-led. And so, before I get started, um, the scriptures, and I know he's got the scriptures back there. We're going to be going into Genesis 1, 26 through 28, Genesis 2, 7, Romans 8, 14, and a ton of other ones. <laughs> we're, going to have, we're going to be all over the word today. 
And uh, some of them I'm going to actually flesh out. Some of them I'm just going to kind of skate across and just say, hey, here it is. Uh, but those just kind of the direction we're going. But back in uh, December of 2019, this past December, every year uh, in December, Christmas time, I usually cast vision at my house. God gives me what the next season is about to take place in our lives as a family. And I usually share that, and that's usually for our family. I say, okay, this is what's going on. This is the direction God's going. And if we do these things, this is what I see in the, in the next year, all right? And my daughters and my son, they're used to hearing that and saying, okay, and then it's watching it take place. And so it's very important for us to cast vision in our homes, all right, so that we know what direction, so we can walk together, so we can be in agreement. It's something about, the word says two or more. When two or more come together in agreement, Anything can happen, right? That too is the husband and wife. The more is the children. Something about a family unit being in agreement. And so with that, um, God said this was bigger than just y'all. This is something that is for the body. And it may not be for everybody, <laughs> all right, depending on how you've prepared. But it is for, I believe, the majority. And he said that 2020 began the year and the season of promise. All right. It's just not in 2020. It's going to continue on. But the season of promise has begun. And but there's some preparation that needs to have taken place. And in the process of the preparation, which once again, being in this house, I began to, I'm like, they're doing some of this. All I said, that's, that's good. That's confirmation for me to know I'm in the right place. I'm with the right people. And that I truly believe that you will receive this today. All right. Um, how many people know that whenever we're trying to hear from God and fulfill the purpose and the call on life, we feel that he's told us something, sometimes there could be obstacles, all right? One of the obstacles could be lack of, in, of knowledge, all right? If I don't know that I don't know, then how am I going to be held accountable for something? I just don't know. I'm making mistakes I didn't know, you know? Uh, my, we have small children before, and now they're all grown and old and doing their own things, you know? But when they were small, sometimes I just thought, well, you should know better, but they, they, I hadn't told them, you know what I'm saying? So I can't hold them accountable for something they don't know. The other thing is lack of obedience. Sometimes we got our own plan. We got our own way of doing things, right? And we can nullify the Holy Spirit, because he's trying to tell us to do something. We're just, well, I, 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 yeah, but I, I, got, I got something in my head, and we're trying to work it out. That's called rebellion. <laughs> right? Truly, that's what that is. And, and if we do that enough, once again, it dulls the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to us, and months later, we'd be like, you know, I ain't heard the Holy Spirit talk to me in a long time. He's talking. <laughs> we just ain't hearing nothing right now because he's so dull, amen? And sometimes it could be because of hurt, because of pain, all right, buried pain is still alive. If it's never been brought to the surface and touched and you haven't been restored, sometimes we can miss God in that way as well. I remember um, years ago, we were moving from Albany, Georgia. That's like, if you never heard of Albany, it's like way down south in Georgia, close to Tallahassee. We had to figure it out. this thing out on the map. We had to correlate where it was because it was literally in the middle of nowhere. We were driving. We had finally got kind of close. And she said, we don't see nothing in the next 10 minutes. We don't want to turn around. <laughs> but see, God was moving us from a safe place, from a place, I don't want to necessarily say safe, but a place that we had become very familiar in Columbia, South Carolina. We got comfortable. And he was taking us and moving us to, into the wilderness. We were there in Albany, Georgia. And that's where God did our pruning. All right? We were there for about seven years. 
And how many people know as God prunes you, as time passes, you begin to blossom. Things, fruit begins to be produced, right? And so as we were there and years that start passing by, the kids started getting older. God was preparing us to move back to Columbia. All right, I was actually going back to be a nuclear medicine technologist, and that was my thought process, but I didn't know that it was in the process of doing that, getting eventually to redemption and starting to fulfill our call and our purpose because what those seven years did was prepare us to walk into leadership at redemption. But in that time frame, the last few years, we just started seeing a lot of fruit. Uh, we came on staff with, with Campus Crusader Christ Family Life Ministries, which is where we got a lot of our training. It's one of the largest, if not the largest, family ministry in the nation. All right, and so it was awesome being a part of that. Uh, we um, had, like I said, got my school of choice as a nuclear medicine technologist. I got my job. Uh, things were just going well. And even, I don't know, how many people heard Facing the Giants? Ever seen that movie, Facing the Giants? All right, when I was down there, I had an opportunity to become a football coach. Um, I uh, was the special teams wide receiver and defensive back coach. And they decided to make a movie out of it. It was called Facing the Giants. And so I was actually one of the coaches, not the head coach, that was Jimmy. Uh, but, you know, we're really close as, as friends, even all these years later. But, you know, I didn't go down there to make a movie, but how many people know that sometimes God may place your life on display? All right. And so we were just down there trying to be obedient, doing the things. So God's, God's just doing all kinds of things. And then he moves us to Columbia. We get our house. We had our first house. That's, I don't know if you ever had your first house. That first house, like, man, you know, some of my baby wanted so bad. She was like, we got to have a house. But, you know, and the kids loved it. You know, everybody had a room and everything. And everything is going well. We're back into the city that where we, it was kind of like we had a lot of spiritual parents and fathers and stuff like that. And the next thing we know, not just one, but both of our vehicles go down. And it just wasn't like, you know, the oil needed to be changed. I'm talking about both transmissions went out. Last time I checked, that's expensive. And so hindsight 2020, I look at that, it, it was a test. All right, God said, okay, I'm about to move you into a season. Are you really ready? Are you ready to trust me? I wasn't ready. <laughs> I started looking at the babies. I was looking at her and the needs that she, I had to get to work and, and all this stuff. Which I, and I just felt closed in. I started panicking. I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure things out on their own. That's what I was doing. And fortunately, I was blessed to have a mentor in my life. And I told him what was going on and what I was about to do. And he was like, just stop. He stopped. He said, don't you see all the things that God had done in your life? He's about to do something significant. Don't mess it up. But, but, but this, he's just, you're doing too much. Stop. <laughs> you know? And he got me to take a step back. And everybody say five days. Within five days, God provided a vehicle for us. Paid in full. There was a lady that we got connected to that... Um, that he knew, he just felt led to share our story with us or with them. And then what happened was she wanted to get a chance to know us because they had a vehicle. They were just going to go on vacation, let us borrow it. I was like, thank you, <laughs> you know. And as I share with her what I just shared with you, she just said, just stop. Wait a minute. I've been trying to sell this vehicle for about five months. And about 30 days ago, God told me to take it off the market because there was a family that was moving here and they were going to need it. And you weren't to sell it to them. You were to give it to them. We were that family. See, God's provision is already there. 
And if I hadn't had a mentor to slow me down, put me in check and say, hey, you need to, you need to take a step back and look at this. Don't make a mistake. I probably would have had a 20-year car note. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, tell them where I would what would have happened to when, and I would have missed the blessings of God. Sometimes those obstacles can be us. All right, the enemy don't have to do nothing. <laughs> we mess it up ourselves, right? And so with that being said, I want to go into a few spiritual disciplines. These spiritual disciplines I'm just gonna briefly share real quick. I'm not gonna take a lot of time on them because like I said, I believe these are things that, that one, believer should be doing anyway, but two, I believe that's already happening in this house, that your pastor already is starting to teach you about and you guys are bringing into practice. These are things that will help to draw you closer to the Lord and be able to hear from him. Does that make sense? You with me? Nobody sleep out there, right? Y'all all right? All right. <laughs> Good breakfast this morning. We, in, we on route. We, we got this. Spiritual discipline. The first one's Meditation. Joshua 1.8 talks about meditating on the word day and night. That's rehearsing it, reflecting it, memorizing it. When I was younger, I, was, I loved LL Cool J and Run DMC and all them, right? I had to take hours and hours memorizing that, frontwards and backwards. I could rap it. I understood their dialect. I sounded like them. Wasn't nothing they can, all right? And persistent that we need to take in studying the word of God, meditating on the word to get it from here to hear. Amen. Next one is prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. He's a God of relationship. All right. Getting a chance to get in his presence. Fasting. I won't explain that because obviously you guys are going to be starting that <laughs> already. But fasting, what it does, it exposes the things that control us. All right. And it also brings us closer to God so we can receive the things that he has for us. Amen. Makes us more aware of him. Study, studying the word. The way we study is through concentration, perception, reflection, and, rep and rep repetition. Through this, ingrained thoughts of habits are formed. I'll say that one more time. Concentration, perception, reflection, and repetition. This is how ingrained habits of thoughts are formed. That's for study. Solitude, that simply means getting alone with God without any distractions. We need to just get into his presence. Turn that television off. Tell the babies, go into the other room, go play. Whatever you got to do, get alone with God. Isolate yourself with him and allow him to minister. Inward solitude creates outward manifestations. The more I'm in his presence, the more he's manifested in my life. Amen? Amen. Submission. Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about offering our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord, right? There's a couple of things we need to submit to. The word of God the Holy Spirit, and like I did, if I didn't have that person in my life, a mentor, I might have missed the blessings of God. I would have missed the ram in the bush. Amen? Repentance. The enemy is really, really good in causing division and separation and alt between us as believers, and even getting us to a point where we start blaming God. We have to recognize the tactics of the enemy, all right? And in doing so, it be, repentance creates a redemptive process where it clears up those blurry lines between me and you because you probably got something that I need and I got something that you need because we're supposed to be a body working together as a team, amen? Doing things together, all right? James 5, 16 says, confess therefore your sins one to another 
John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is righteous and just and forgiving us and purifying us of all unrighteousness. I'm trying to open up those pathways that just let nothing hinder us from receiving all the things of God. That's what that we're doing. One of, the, one of the last things I'll talk about is worship. Whether it's worship in the dance, worship in song, worship in our lifestyle, worship with our finances, every aspect of my life, I'm worshiping the Lord. But this scripture here in John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. I want you to remember this because it's going to kind of help go into the, the core of the teaching today. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. That kind of boils down to our lifestyle. When we're hearing from God and it's resonating in my spirit, all right, and I know what the word of God says, it's confirmed, then I can live a lifestyle pleasing unto him. And people will see the fruit in my life and be drawn to that fruit. And I can redirect them back to him. Because it's not about me. It's about their personal intimate relationship with him. And so God wants to use us, right? All right, so remember, God is a spirit. Which leads me to my last core discipline, which is guidance. Guidance is we ought to be spirit-led. That means directed without compromise. The Holy Spirit is our witness, our guide, and our counselor. All right? Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's your inner man. All right? And lean, that means trust, not on your own understanding. That means your own logic, your own intellect. All right? Not that we don't use it. But the thing is that I have some intelligence, and I had thought I was doing the right thing, right? But if I had not paid attention to my mentor and his leading, I would have missed some things that God was doing, all right? So if the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, and I know that sounds great, but we need to move this direction. We need to heed to the Holy Spirit. Step back and say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? Because his plan is greater. Amen? Amen? I remember when we were younger, um, I didn't always do that. We were in Colorado Springs, and we had gone to a family uh, function. It was just me and her. We were in Col uh, Colorado Springs, and we went to Pueblo, which was not too far away, about 30 minutes away. I can't believe we were in Colorado Springs, and we didn't do nothing that you know, because you had all these ministries out there. We didn't even know they existed. But we did go snow, uh, snow, snow skiing and whitewater rafting. We did do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we were in the military, so it was, that was the focus. But we were out there, and we are going to a family event. And uh, we were coming back. And we saw a car dealership. Touch your neighbors and say, we were just going to look. We were just going to look. <laughs> we were just looking, right? So we got in there, and... You know, I saw this vehicle, and we already had a vehicle, but I saw a vehicle that I just fell in love with. It was 1991, never forget it. 19, it was a 1991 vehicle, too. It was red. I'm 20. <laughs> All right, and if you don't know, a red vehicle with a 20-year-old does not equate very well for the insurance. All right, it goes way up, right? Especially for a, a dude, a guy, right? And so anyway, next thing you know, we're in the seat trying to get it. And she, I wasn't listening to my Holy Spirit saying, baby, I don't think this is right. We got this. this I had a plan. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, we got this, we got this. I know we can take care of the, 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 uh, the car. No, you know. And so we got to think back then in the 90s, we were paying like $185 or whatever it was for the rent. The car note was going to be like $225. And at that aspect of it, right, I was just trying to get the car. So it wasn't long that they slapped their own insurance on there because they wanted to protect their investment. And that insurance was like three, $400. I was like, what in the world? 
And so we were struggling, you know, trying to pay that thing, right? And, she, you know, but it was like something we wanted or something I wanted at least, you know. I said, but the family was going to benefit, right? So we paid the car note and everything else, but with the insurance, we kind of kind of got behind them. Next thing you know, you know, I'm at work. She takes me to work. I'm, I'm on post. I'm in the Army. And she had made a very special meal for me. I'm like all excited about getting the food. She's going to bring it back on post. She goes out in the parking lot, and the car isn't where she parked it. So she's walking around, and we were in a, you know, a decent apartment. It wasn't the best, but it was decent, you know. And she's walking around, and she can't find it, and she's, what's going on? Now she's getting frustrated. And she steps back, and she says, oh, now I see. Y'all done waiting for us to get settled, and everything. And somebody just, just stole the car, you know what I'm saying? And she's just fussing out in the middle of the air in the parking lot, and everybody that would listen about the car being taken. <laughs> and she's all upset, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. And so she calls me, baby, somebody done stole the car. I'm like, what? I'm like, stole the car? Oh, no, you know. So I'm all upset, and then I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me call. Uh, I'll, I'll call the police department. So I call the police department, and they said, okay, sir, what's the license plate? What's the registration? So I told them and everything. They said, we'll look it up. You just calm down. It's going to be okay, you know. So they called me back, and they said, uh, well, sir, um, it's been repossessed. I was like, repossessed? We didn't pay the car note. Yes, sir, but you didn't pay the insurance. <laughs> they decided to take it back. I was like, oh, my God. So now here we are. We've had all this money lost some embarrassment, all this frustration and stress, all because I was not being spirit-led. All because even the person that I'm accountable to who is trying to tell me, no, stop, don't, I overrode that. And we can bring so much loss, hurt, tragedy, stress into our lives when we don't take those things in consideration. Amen? That was lack of knowledge and obedience, both. I was just naive. <laughs> Had to take some life lessons, you know, get gut punched a couple of times. So that helps me to move into this next session, which I believe we're going to really start fleshing out some stuff. Um, can we put Genesis 1, 26 through 28 up? And uh, I think understanding how God communicates with us starts with understanding how he created us. I'll say that again. How he created us will help us to understand how he communicates with us. I'm going to break this scripture down, and uh, we're going to start moving forward here a little bit, okay? It says here, then God said, I'm going to look over here because my eyes are not as strong <laughs> as they used to be on this side here. But then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground, all right? So God created mankind in his own image. And God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now go back to 26 if you would. Now they and them are interchangeable. I don't want you to have to throw you off sometimes, okay? Well, let's go back and look at this. It says, then God said, let us make, who's the, who's, who is the us? That's the Trinity, right? All right? They talking. This is when they were talking about creating us. They ain't, they did it. They talking about it. Let us make man in our image and our likeness, so that they, who is the they? All of mankind. That's everybody. Everybody sitting in here. Everybody's not sitting in here. Everybody all over the planet right now. Every dispensation. He's creating all of humanity. That's what the they represents or the them represents. Okay. And so, after that, he says. So that they, or other them, may rule over the fish of the air, and they can continue on. Go into the next verse. 
All right. So God created, this is where he actually made this. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created, now in this word it says them. In the NIV it says him. And in the King James Version, it says he, him. All right. And then there's a semicolon, male and female, he created them. I'm going back to this so you can understand what God is about to do. What God did, you do understand that seed is, comes from the man, correct? All right. And so what God did in eternity, because this is where they are right now, he created the he, him, the male spirit man. And then that semicolon connects what he did there to the rest of the sentence because humanity is represented as male and female, right? That's to them. And so what he did was he took the seed of humanity, which is male and female, all of us, and he placed it into the he, him that he created, that spirit male man, all right? And then verse 28 he said, God blessed them. Who did he bless? All of us. All right. You know where it says in Ephesians that he predestined us before the foundation of the earth. And This is where he did it. All right. So if God blessed all of us and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, increase in earth and fill the earth and subdue it. And he gave us all of our purpose right here. All right. So now you in, the, in, in eternity. In heaven, you've got the spirit man with the seed of humanity, the ability to produce male and female inside of him. All right? Let's move on to Genesis 2-7. Let me show you something. Then the Lord formed a man from the dust. What he did was he took that spirit man, and because he's given us dominion over the earth so we can function in this realm and have dominion over it, he made an earth suit. So he took the spirit man and he put the earth around him and formed this flesh. All right? That's our bones, our skin, into his nostrils, the breath, organs, and all that, right? And so then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Notice that he created us in spirit. We were alive as a spirit, but we became a living being when he breathed the breath of life. You know what the breath of life is? When you look at it in the Greek, it's the word soul. At that point in time, he breathed our soul in us, and we became a living being. What does living being mean? That means that at that point in time, we had blood flowing through our veins for the first time. We took in a deep breath, and we were to breathe. We were self-aware. We had free will. We had hunger pains for the first time. We got hungry, all right? <laughs> and we had ambitions. We had passions. We had emotions. All those things because the soul is the mind, will, emotions, our conscious, all that aspect tied up into the middle of that. And I'm going to talk to you about the importance of that in just a bit. So just to confirm that we are, and God made us, spirit, soul, and body. All right? This has been made like God, right, in his image, all right? The soul, of course, is our mind, will, emotions, 
conscience. How you spell conscience? See you. Oh, you know what that is. That's conscious. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's bad handwriting. I've been in, in the workforce with, the, with all the nurses and doctors on it. We got bad handwriting, so y'all can, can kind of get that right. And our body represents the flesh. All right. So we got the flesh there. And so that's how he created us, right? And then when he, when we messed up because the fall took place, right? You know, everybody knows what happens. Uh, Eve bit the fruit, said, hey, it tasted great. Adam said, okay. He bit the fruit. Next thing you know, both of their eyes were open. Sin entered into us, right? All of a sudden we had a sin nature. And God had to fix it. So because the man, the male man, had the seed of humanity in him. God sent a second Adam into the earth because he carried the seed of the church and a different type of man that could have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in him. Does that make sense? That showed leadership. I talk about, you know, and understand how the family dynamic works. You know, God's not a respecter of persons, but that has nothing to do with authority. It has everything to do with our relationship with him, okay? But there is order in the kingdom. There's order in the household. The man is a servant leader. He's the person with, that carries the seed. My wife is my helper, but that has nothing to do with lesser than or greater than. Those are just roles because God looks at us as equal. He looks at us as kingdom citizens, all right? And so in this now, now that he's come back and, he's, and we have the Holy Spirit in us, we've been empowered. And I'll show you that in the word of God. Um, it says in Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? All right. He resides in us and becomes a, our guide and our counselor, a witness for the truth. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 confirms that about halfway through. He says, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. That means when God looks across the earth, he sees his spirit. And he says, that's mine. That's mine. No, you just go, that's mine. <laughs> All right. And so when we receive him, we're marked with the seal and it guarantees our inheritance in the kingdom of God. Touch your neighbor and say, I know who I am. I know who I am. Amen. All right, let me go back to the define the soul. All right. The soul in Greek is suke, means the breath of life. It's the seat of the feelings, desires, affections, and aversions in our heart and our very nature. The soul is the very essence of who we are, different from the body, and isn't dissolved by death, regarded as the moral being that was designed for everlasting life. It carries the weight of our personality, our character, a sense of individuality. See, we were all made with the Spirit of God. Understand, the, God made us in his image. All right? We accept the Spirit of God in our hearts. All right? And so when we're here on earth, let me, let me draw this out and make it a little bit easier, just to make sure we're on the same page here. It's probably, once again, bad handwriting, but all right, you got this person here. All right, that's, a, that's our spirit man, right? Then on the outside of that, we got some flesh, all right? Then we get the Holy Spirit 
that resides in us, right? And then we've got our soul, our suke, all right? And that kind of goes everywhere because our mind, will, emotions, our thinker, our knowing, all that is tied to the... God didn't make drones, all right? Who you are is tied up in your soul. Your individuality or what makes you you is in your soul. That's significant. Because I'm going to show you in the word where God, because you're in your soul, you got your mind, will, and emotions, and conscience. God consistently confirms the word of God through the conscience, all right, with the Holy Spirit. Why? The word says to renew our mind on a day. It doesn't say to renew your brain. Your brain is tissue. Ash to ash, dust to dust, it's going back to the ground. But renewing our thinker, our mind, all right, renewing our mind, which is the very essence of who we are, all right, when the word of God comes forth or something happens, right, because I've been studying the word and it's in me, it's in my very essence, the Holy Spirit says something, my knowing, my thinker goes, that's right, that's truth. And I confirm that what the spirit said is truth. And guess what? A three-core strand is not easily broken. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit, and your soul are working together as a team, and the body has no choice but to fulfill the word of God. Does that make sense? I hope I'm helping you this morning. Let me show you. Like I said, your soul makes you unique. All right? It distinguishes us. Let me show you. In Psalms 139, 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Everybody's heard that before. When you look up wonderfully in the Hebrew, it means palaw, distinctly, distinguished, unique. Your works are wonderful according to the word of God. I know, or in the King James Version says, my soul knoweth that full well. The word bears out that your personality is unique. Your personality is distinguished. Your nature, the very essence of who you are, which is your soul. God didn't do it by accident. He made us in eternity as a spirit, male or female. Then he brought us here and he breathed the breath of life in us because guess what? He didn't want to make us all the same. We'd have all the same strengths and all the same weaknesses. But God made us different so we can work together as a team, together experiencing a ministry. That's what it talks about us working together as a body of Christ. I may be a finger, you may be a toe, somebody else is a knee, all right, an eyebrow, something, you know. But we're working together as a team, right, to fulfill God's purpose. So God made us all his, in his image, yet we are uniquely distinguished by our soul. All right, so now that we've talked about Spiritual disciplines, how God has made us, that the Holy Spirit resides and lives with us. Now we're going to talk about our true identity. Because sometimes, you know, I, I love football. I'm a Tennessee volunteer fan. I get on the radio sometimes. And uh, for ESPN, I've done that. Uh, and the Upstate, as well as I call into Knoxville, and they know me as Vol Nation. And God has actually given me a platform to give uh, an opportunity to teach the, teach the gospel. Uh, I've got built such a relationship with them. They'll give me a segment to teach the word of God, which has been awesome. Uh, but anyway, I may be known as Vol Nation, but they also understand that my true identity is a kingdom citizen. So regardless of your football team, regardless of 
your, if you go to a particular church and I'm this, your identity is not tied up in a man. It's not tied up in an organization. Your identity is tied directly to your relationship with Christ. You are a kingdom citizen. Let me show you. In Romans 8, 14 and 16, we're going to go there. In 14 it says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It creates and reflects our identity in how we function. The Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit himself in 16, testifies and bears witness or jointly testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's why it's so important for our lifestyles to line up. All right? And when our lifestyles are lining up with the perfect will of God, that means the fruit of the Spirit is being displayed, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all that stuff, right? And people identify us as kingdom citizens because of it. So now we have our identity in Christ, not in anything else. Amen? Y'all with me? All right. Now, the thing is, what do we do? What are we looking for? We want to do whatever Jesus tells us to do. The way we receive that is through communication. See, Mary, she got it right. Everybody knows the story. She was out there, and uh, they ran out of wine at the wedding celebration. And she said, hey, servants, y'all line up these buckets or whatever they were and put some water in them, and my son's going to turn the water into wine. Now, he resisted, but because he wanted to honor his mother, he did it, all right? But she made the keynote by saying in 2.5, do whatever he tells you to do. That was it. It's as simple as that. If we want to receive the blessings of God, the promises of God, move into what he has for us, all we got to do is do exactly what he tells us to do. It's as simple as that. It's going to get any harder than that. The thing is, is how do I be able to receive audible things? You might not come into your house and there's a burning bush sitting there and you know it's God. And, you, and okay, Jesus, what are you going to say? What do you got for me? You know, <laughs> that might not happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it probably won't happen. All right. So with that, I'm going to help get you to understand that everything has a way to communicate. Y'all still with me? Yeah. All right. We had three babies. When they were infants, they communicated. They couldn't talk to us, but they communicated through a lot of hollering, a lot of crying. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and I couldn't wait for them to talk. Then they started talking, I couldn't wait for them to shut up. <laughs> Go to bed, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when they were crying, I had to learn the different cries. All right? There was a cry for I'm sick. I was like, oh, poor baby, they sick. There was a cry for I'm hungry. There was a cry for I'm wet, change me. There was a cry for I'm hurt, they just kicked me. You know, and then when it got really quiet, and you didn't hear nothing. That was another form of communication. Way into no good. Somebody's in the dryer, they're in the toilet water. So, you know, so, <laughs> they doing something, they supposed to somebody outside. How'd y'all get outside? <laughs> you know, and they, you know, you gotta go check on them. So I had to learn through time to understand and distinguish between the different cries. So I can understand what I need to do. That's what we need to do with the Lord, right? Everything has a voice. The body, the flesh has a voice. Desires, wants, feelings, right? Our senses. Our mind has a voice. Will, emotions, logic, intellect. We tend to lean on that a lot. I don't think that's, you know, and then we end up messing up. All right. Our brain, once again, is an organ. It is not our mind. 
Our mind is in our soul, all right? Our knowing, all right? Our spirit man also has a voice. The truth comes through the Holy Spirit. It resonates in our spirit and is confirmed and communicated through our conscience. The conscience is the mouthpiece of our spirit. It's that check that you get. I'm going to show it to you in the Word. The Word always says that it should be confirmed by two or three witnesses, so I'm going to give you some witnesses, right? When you look at Romans 9.1, Paul, right, he says, I speak the truth, I lie not. My conscience confirms in the Holy Spirit, and I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Let me give you perspective, all right? He's talking to God's children. He had just talked to them in chapter 8 about nothing can separate you from the love of God, right? Then he goes to chapter 9, he's talking about the sovereignty of God. But they had just rejected the Messiah. And he knew that God's word is the same today, yesterday, and forever. It's unchanging, right? That no man can come unto the Father but through me. And so he knew that if they didn't accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, they would never experience the love of God. They'd be eternally separated because God, guess what? God's not a respect their persons. He's not going to say, well, they're my children, so, you know, that's okay. Y'all don't have to worry about that. The rest of y'all now. Yeah. No, that's not how he functions. All right? Everyone, is, he said it earlier today. The word says it. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall, shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't get a pass. All right? And so in that, he began to grieve because I truly believe that the Holy Spirit was grieving because he understood the consequence of their actions. And because we're connected to that, our conscious, mind, will, emotions, our feelings began to grieve us. Where you ever had somebody that you really cared about and you knew they were about to run into a train wreck? You knew they were about to fall off the cliff, you know? And you're sitting back like, don't, I wouldn't do that. And you're like, nah, and they just gotta do it. Some people just gotta do it on their own. They're not going to listen, right? And, 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 and I've sat there and I've grieved before and it's just been heavy on my heart. I felt so bad because I know where they're going, you know? And then they come back weeks later. Oh, and, and I feel bad for them, but then I'm sitting here like, see, I tried to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And see, that's where he was at. He was grieving because he understood the dynamic of that choice. The conscience. It's a Greek word. It means an aspect of the soul that helps us to distinguish between what is morally good, which is kingdom, and bad, which is culture. Prompting us to do the former rather than the latter by renewing our mind, because this is how we fix this, how, renewing our mind, all right? Not our brain, but our mind on a daily basis, right? Then what happens is our conscience will be co-witness, jointly testifying with the Holy Spirit to confirm the truth of God's will. All right, that's what happens. Let's look at Romans 2. I got 12, but go to 13 for me, 13, 15. Yeah, it's Romans 2, or verse 13. Yeah, we go. All right, so who we are? Paul. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous, but in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. So it's not just hearing it, but it's actually doing it, right? Go to the next verse. Indeed, when the Gentiles, 
Uh, that's the people that weren't walking with the Lord all right, at the time. All right. When the Gentiles, who do not have the law, do by nature, what's your nature? Your soul, your conscience, inner man, all right? Required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. So they've never been, see, and continue, I'm going to the next verse. Uh, they show the requirements on the law, of the law as written on their hearts. Their conscience at other times even defending them. Go to 16. Let me see if there's something I want to share here. 16 up there? I don't know if I put it on. Maybe. Maybe not. If not, that's no big deal. So what I wanted to show you, here we are in a situation where the Jews are just surprised. They're trying to figure this thing out. They had the King James Version, the NIV, the NAS. They grew up with it, living and breathing their whole life, right? But these Gentiles, they didn't have none of that. But yet, they are walking and living a life before God that is pleasing. It's like it's written on their hearts. And they're like, how in the world did this take place? The Holy Spirit. They've accepted Christ in their life. And though they did not grow up in that setting and have all that knowledge never been presented to law, the Holy Spirit was leading them because he was telling them this is what needs to happen. And what was happening? In their conscience, it was being confirmed because now their conscience is lined up in connection with the Holy Spirit. And because they're in agreement and he's confirming that this is truth, they're living a lifestyle out that is pleasing unto the Lord. This is how God is communicating with us. This is why renewing our mind is so important. We don't think about it as much. We think, oh, but it is critical for us to know the perfect will of God. And he will communicate with us. That check in your spirit sometimes, that uneasiness, you're doing stuff, and all of a sudden you're like, uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that, you know. Because God's the spirit's like, hey, you know, that, that, is not, that is not what we need to be doing. You need to get out of here. I don't care what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? And God will give us wisdom. I mean, really proud of hindsight, I, I probably kind of felt that a little bit when I bought that car. But I, um, <laughs> that was more hindsight than when it was actually taking place. <laughs> I was too excited, like, this is it, you know? And so we do that, and we have to be cautious about that. Romans, I mean, Hebrews 4.12, would you put that up for me? I talk about the soul and the spirit, how intertwined they are, because when God breathed the breath of life, he breathed it into our spirit man. And when you read this scripture here, the word, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing. That word right there makes it seem like it must just be do the impossible. So God said, I'm going to give you something that seems impossible. It would divide even the soul and the spirit. That, something got to be together to be, have to be divided. All right? Even to the joint or the bone and the marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. All right. So understand, our soul and our spirit are so intertwined. All right. It's a, it's a significant part of who we are. It's an aspect of each and every one of us. That's why it's eternal. He breathed into us and, cre and gave us our soul. All right. He created us in eternity as a spirit. Those two are eternal. This flesh is going back to the ground. But see, when I go to heaven, and I see you face to face. I'm going to know who you are because of your personality. If you joke a lot or if you just a guy, you know, I'm going to know, hey, I remember you, yeah, you know, because your personality. 
I'm going to know who Pastor Jermaine is. I'm going to know my wife. I'm going to know all the people that I'm associated Philly with because I remember who they are. And then now that he with me, we don't lose our very essence, our very nature when we go to eternity. That's what makes us unique, makes us special. We identify with each other because we're spirit. But my soul gives you the very essence of who I am, my personality my character, my integrity, all these things. And that's how God is communicating with us, all right? And last but not least, you begin to understand the importance of being able to, to confirm the word of God with our, through our conscience. Now, you, the last part I'm going to share with you is the significance of keeping a clear conscience. Because sometimes it can get contaminated. Sometimes it can get cloudy. It can get cluttered with pain, resentment, anger, vengeance, and a big one, offense. Anybody ever been offended in here? When you get offended with somebody, you can't receive nothing from nobody, especially them. <laughs> they talking, and all you see is the offense. They could be like, two, three, four. You hear 12, 13, 16. That's not what I said. Yes, you did. Because all you're doing is replaying the offense in your head. You ain't hearing You can't receive nothing from them whatsoever. They could be telling you the truth. If you take a little step, you're going to fall in the river. No, I'm not. Oh, you been fell over. <laughs> you know, and they're trying to help you out, right? And so understand, you know, we have to under look at our lives and see if there's any offense, any anger, any, any bitterness, anything that would prevent us from being able to clearly receive from the Lord. Because if not, everything we do will be filtered through that offense, filter through that pain. And when we filter things through pain, we filter things through offense, what happens is we can be truly hearing from God, but because it's filtered, it's tainted. And we truly believe that we're moving in the direction that God's got us going. But see, in the military, we did this thing called land navigation. All right? Land nav, they give you a map and a compass. They put you out in the middle of the woods and say, find your way back. <laughs> all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you two points, point A, point B, all right? And they teach you that after you are, like, shoot your little asthma to go out there and you're starting to walk out, after so many yards or whatever, it could be 100, 200 yards, they said, shoot a back asthma from where you came from so that way you make sure you're still on course. Because if you're walking maybe for two, three, four miles and you take a little step to the left every time you do it and you don't know it, by the time you get to your, you think you get to your destination, it's way over there, but you're off center. And you're, and you're thinking you're exactly where God wants you to be, but you're off center. And you've missed it by a mile. But you're convinced that this is what's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen right here. Why? Pride. <laughs> Hurt. Pain. All right. And so if we get to a point where we're filtering through those things, even though we're convinced in our own actions, in our own mind, that we're doing the will of God, we're probably out of range. We're probably a little bit off center. Let me show you. In Acts 24, 16, let me give you perspective. Here it is, Paul, right? When the Jews went before the governor with accusations against Paul for being a troublemaker, starting riots, among the Jews, being a ringleader of the Nazarene sect, uh, even uh, desecrating the temple, all this other stuff, right? They seized him up, 
took him in front of the governor, and they didn't have really any evidence whatsoever. And he could have been mad. He could have taken the offense. Here he is, got seized up, you know, and brought before the governor and all these accusations flying and all this stuff going on. But this is what he said in the midst of all that chaos and all that stuff going on. He says, I strive always to keep my conscience clear. That means void of offense before God and man. In, in, in uh, New American Standard, it says, blameless conscience. All right? Acts 23, 1, same thing. You got the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you know, all after them and everything. And uh, the, Roman, um, the Roman commander wanted to know what was going on. He was like, what is, why, why are they after you? What is going on? So they bring him before the Roman commander and looks at the Sanhedrin in the middle of all that chaos. He says, I fulfill my duty to God in all good conscience. That means he had perfect peace and conviction in his spirit that he had done the right thing before the Lord. It didn't matter what everybody else was doing. He would not allow his feelings and his emotions to take over and miss God, get out of the will of God. Anybody ever let your feelings and emotions take over? You get kind of hot, all right? And so we have to put those things in check because a clear conscience allows us to hear and see the things of God clearly. It's not filtered through the pain or the hurt or the offense. But a clouded or contaminated conscience dulls us. We are less sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting, and it causes confusion and can get us off course. I want to share that with you because I believe it's important for you to understand whose you are, how God made you, and how he communicates with you. But how significant it is for us to practice those spiritual disciplines, particularly studying the word of God, renewing our mind. So when God is talking to us, our conscience can, once again, confirm what the spirit is saying. And we'll know what direction we need to go. Does it resonate in my spirit? Is it line up with the word of God? And sometimes we need to take a step back and not do stuff impulsively. You know, we can't go with the crowd. Everybody else doing it. How come you ain't doing it? I hadn't felt led. <laughs> you know, any other reason? No, <laughs> you know, that's just it. And so we need to learn to be obedient, but we have to understand that in this season, the season of promise to receive the things of God, we must be spirit led. And this is how. I hope this has helped you today. And I want to give you the opportunity. If there's anyone in here that may be offended, may be hurt, may have gone through some things, may be wondering, why is this happening to me? And feel that there's anything that may be clouding or contaminating their conscience. That they're going through some stuff and they've been trying to figure it out on their own. They want to refresh and renew themselves in the Lord to lay these things down because we have to lay some stuff down before the Lord and give it to Him. Some stuff we may need to repent and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we, we may be somebody that God might put it on your heart to say, You need to go talk to that person and clear this thing up because it could be hindering you. I truly believe. God is about to do something significant in each of your lives and particularly
this message I believe is so important I'm a teacher I'm not necessarily a preacher so I like to flesh out the word so you can go back yourselves and study it for yourselves allow it to resonate in your spirit and begin to apply it my kids will come to me and say I understand daddy I, I heard what you said but understanding brings application God is ready for you to apply the knowledge that you're receiving in this house so you can move in the direction he's called you to move and begin to see God begin to move in such a manner that he brings increase into this house and he's going to start with you you'll see it in your life you'll see it in your home you'll impact this community at greater levels I saw that land out there all the things that God, I said God has blessed you and he's already prepared it for you he's laid it out for you he's just waiting for you guys to line up obedient to what he's called you to do I know that's tough because sometimes we feel like we're missing out on stuff but thing about it is if we truly want the things of God sometimes we might have to cut some things loose look at the people that we're hanging around look at the things that we're involved with prioritize your day things make time people make time for what they feel is important they make excuses for everything else it's time to prioritize your time in the presence of God. It's time to prioritize in this season the things of God so you can begin to receive His promises. His promises are yes and amen. It's nothing that He won't do for you. But we need to line up. We need to do the things that we need to do to put ourselves in position to receive the promises of God. family can we celebrate the word that just came forth amen 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 thank you pastor if um if you would when you get back to your seat if you and uh pastor Wiletta would would stand and i need every, everybody in here stretch your hands toward them Wanna pray pray blessing over them actually uh, Pastor, if you if you guys would come to come to the center, that way anybody that's with us online can join join also. Yes, sir. For, face face that way, face forward. Yeah, and every everyone in here, please stretch your hands toward them. Father, we thank you for the word that has come forth, the word and in, in, instructing us what it is to be uh, aware of our conscience, uh, the importance of keeping it clear, the importance of being led by your spirit so that uh, the kingdom becomes a reality that we live from and not just something that we talk about on Sundays. The, the word that came forth is giving us a strategy and, and ability to be able to Monday through Saturday, Sunday through Saturday, walk out in a real way what it is of thy kingdom come and thy will be done thank you for the man and woman of God coming to give us to deliver the word to deliver the mail that came from heaven and pray right now for a refill from what it is that they have poured out this weekend what they poured out uh, today just
just pray right now, God, that your spirit will infuse, revitalize, re-energize them in the way as only you can, God. And I thank you, Lord, that every heart desire that they have placed before you, God, concerning the ministry, concerning uh, them as a couple, concerning their children, concerning everything that you have them involved with, God, everything that there is any bit of heart desire that they've laid before you to see something uh, break forth and birth forth in their life that they're not holding yet. We declare the yes and amen of God over that. And I thank you, Father, that every heart desire that is laid before you, that in accordance with Psalm 20, that you will fulfill their heart's purpose, God. Cause all their plans to succeed that they lay before you, God. Cause tremendous success and favor to be with them all the days of their life and cause them to forever dwell in your house forever, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the word that came forth and the word that will continue to come forth out of their life. And I thank you, Lord, for the resounding sound of the kingdom that will continue to reverberate throughout the nations because of the Malone family that exists in the earth. We thank you for them. Thank you for the gift that they are to the body. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. You guys can go back to your, to your seats. How many, how many were really, really challenged and, and, and received something to, today? It was, it was rich. It, it, was, it was rich. I'm, I'm excited of what's to come uh, for, the, for the replay this, this week because we got, we got a lot to talk about with that. But I'm going to ask everybody, you go ahead and uh, stand on your feet. Get ready to, uh, get ready to dismiss everybody. You got to be honest, it had me itching a little bit. Each itch was getting in me, but it's like next week, next week. So get ready, cause locked and loaded, coming, coming at you hard. But just, just excited whenever the word is able to, to go forth, cause we, we talk about it a lot. It's amazing what the word will do when you just let the word be the word. Like when you, when, when we read tons of the scriptures that you were reading, Pastor, like just in reading the scripture itself, it's like there it is. If I'm led by the Spirit, I'm a son. If I'm a son, that gives me rights. And it's just, just letting the Word itself do what it is that it needs to do. So excited about what God is doing. Excited about the days to come. Strong City Church, the strong faces that I see. I see strength in faces. I can look at people's faces. To where when we first started, it didn't look like this when we first started. But as we kept going, there's something that's being added to you. There's something that's being added to your life. Something's being added to your heart. You're becoming smarter. You're becoming wiser. You're making better decisions based off of the Word of God. And it's showing on your face. It's literally showing on you. And that, that for me personally, because nobody sees y'all's faces more than me from, from this angle. Anyway. I see faces and some of y'all should see your faces when you get a little sleepy that's, that's, that's funny to watch <laughs> anyway anyway it, it's it's show it's showing that the word is working and god is doing something tremendous god is doing something special here and that's something that we constantly need to make sure that we remind ourselves of because we can get in the mix of this and in the work of this and everything that it takes to make this happen and in the midst of that we can lose out on the 
true specialty that God has given in Strong City Church. So I, I, I love it when God brings in fresh voices to, to help us be reminded of what it is that, that we have. So grateful for that. Pastor Thomas Wilder, thank you again for your presence. Thank you for the word. Uh, lift up your hands. Let me, let me bless you and, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for the word that has come forth. I thank you, God, that it came in passion, came with power, it came with strength. It added something to us, God. For you said in our Psalm, Psalm 20 and verse 7 that some will trust in the horses and chariots, their strength and their wisdom, their own strength and wisdom. But we recognize that our miracle deliverance cannot be won by man. We will boast in the name of the Lord our God who makes us strong gives us victory. Thank you, God, for making us strong by the word that has come forth today. And I thank you for the victory that is to come this week, God. I speak tremendous, profound blessing over every family that is represented in this house. I thank you, God, for doing something ridiculously awesome this week to where they will be forced to turn back to you and give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Cause a miracle, a sign, a wonder, something from the heavens, God, to come and break forth in their life this week, God, to where it bears witness. You said that your word comes forth and is confirmed by signs and wonders. And we're asking, God, for the confirmation of signs and wonders from heaven to come and to visit your people this week, God. I thank you, Father, for the atmosphere that has been created in this time. I thank you, God, that you were well pleased and you gave us your presence in return, God, as the, as the seal of heavenly approval. Not only for us, but for our kids, for everyone that was joining online. This has been a tremendous day. And we say thank you, God. I bless your people. Be with them this week and we return back here to give you the praise next Sunday. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. You are dismissed. We love you, family. We'll see you next week.